co-chaired it with Paris, that I believe they met on the 11th of May, uh, and China was extremely positive about, about giving the green light for, for the firm to look at the Ghanaian situation. And tonight, Ghana faces danger of losing its lifeline mineral resources, including cocoa, bauxite and oil, to the People's Republic of China. President Ekufado says he is confident a bailout from the International Monetary Fund with China on board will help the country restructure this controversial debt arrangement, which has got many Ghanaians worried. If implemented as planned, this program will really help us not only dealing with the crisis but get out of the crisis and really lay the foundation which is exactly what you are talking about we have details as the resident imf representative warns ghana's current economic crisis will only be resolved if government is able to stick to the reforms and conditions spelt out in this three billion dollar support program And Top Story, as always, is brought to you by Vodafone. Further together, I'm blessed to God. And tonight, President Kofuadu has forcefully jammed to the defense of the role of China played in Ghana securing the International Monetary Fund deal amidst reports. The global power may have the reason for the delay, uh, may have been the reason for the delay in accessing this $3 billion support program. Uh, this comes on the heels of a revelation by the International Monetary Fund that four collateralized loans from China China exposed the country to losing part of its mineral resource revenue in addition to electricity sales should they come should there be a default in this debt arrangement the approval of Ghana's 3 billion bailout package from the International Monetary Fund was predominantly contingent on China's participation in the external debt restructuring talks uh, my colleague Isaac Kofiage has been studying this report and will be joining me in studio for a chat on the implications of this uh, loans. But first, take a listen to President Kufuandu. China is the biggest bilateral creditor to Ghana. Uh, What were discussions like with them? I mean, did they contribute to part of the delay? Yes, no, no. I think that China China took a very uh, positive, proactive role. They co-chaired the official creditor committee. It was the final hurdle that we had to overcome before being able to go to the fund. It was when the creditor committee met, I believe they co-chaired it with Paris, that I believe they met on the 11th of May, uh, and China was extremely positive about, about giving the green light for, for the fund to look at the Ghanaian situation positively. Though I, I don't have any uh, uh, hesitations any criticisms about the Chinese involvement in the the Chinese involvement in the Ghanaian economy, my large has been very very helpful. I know that there is it's a matter of controversy in the West about China, China, China. But for us, they have been strong friends, and in the time of this difficulty, they proved to be strong friends. So I, I'm, Do you think the controversy has been overplayed then? 
we were talking about competition amongst big powers for influence and for uh, uh, and the, the controversy will be generated out of that fact alone. The competition is bound to 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 to, to stimulate a lot of a lot of controversy. So there it is. I I, I don't think it, it it's of of particular value to go. It's a fact that we have to deal with. Well, we deal with it on the, on, the, on, the, on the principle that our economy, our politics, our country has historically been one that has been outward-looking, that has insisted on as much as possible uh, friendship with all, with all those who want to be friendly with Ghana, the certain principles that have been important to us. But beyond that, we have attempted to be friendly with all, all countries. China is... Uh, and that's the position of President Akufando in all of this. Uh, the nation itself, as we speak, has received at least $600 million uh, with government indicating that it will be using the money to show up the Bank of Ghana's reserves and budgetary support. There are, however, uh, concerns about whether the program will take Ghana out of the current economic challenges. Resident Representative Dr. Leandro Medina is confident an effective implementation can achieve this. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that sound for you shortly, uh, but my colleague Isaac Kofi Ajay is joining me in studio uh, with, uh, of course, uh, a lot to un- uh, unpack about this whole loan arrangement uh, with China. Kofi, let's get to it. Uh, what does the report say about, first of all, this collateralized loan as of 2022 and the associated implications uh, should we default? Mm, so, Blazer, let me take you to page 52 of the IMF program, it says Ghana's collateralized debt is entirely held by China. Uh, this is as a result of four loans agreements we signed in tw- 2007 uh, to 2018 mm-hmm. that amounted to 619 million US dollars uh, to finance infrastructure projects. Uh, these are collateralized against commodity production, and they listed these commodities cocoa, bauxite, and oil, and even electricity sales. Now let's go to page 44 of the same document and this is what the IMF says about um, um, collateralized loans. Yes. So according to the IMF a debt is collateralized and when the creditor has the rights over an asset or revenue stream that will allow it if the borrower defaults on its payment obligation mm. to rely uh, uh, on the asset or revenue stream to secure repayment of the debt. Uh, and Kofi, I believe the IMF is adding this to provide context Absolutely. Uh, to, to the point about default. Uh, there's also uh, some more revelation about Ghana owing four countries some 3.2 billion US dollars. Give us the details then. So these four countries, let's categorize them first. We look at the Paris Club countries. The IMF list the two countries. First one is Belgium. We owe Belgium 437 million US dollars. United Kingdom, UK, 430 million dollars. Now let's look at the non-Paris clubs. There's China, 1.9 billion US dollars. And India, 475. So if you add all of them, it's over 3.2 billion US dollars. Uh, and what has been the precedence for countries that have defaulted, I mean, their loans to China? Because that's becoming mm-hmm. a worry for many Ghanaians yeah. out there. Yeah, there are templates all around. So we can look at Sri Lanka, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Uganda. All these countries use their assets as collaterals when they sign loan agreements with China. 
and when they defaulted, uh, you know, the clause was triggered. Uh, and indeed, it's the reason for which many Ghanaians out there are worried and, and even sceptical about the uh, ability of the IMF program itself to resuscitate Ghana's economy. Mm. Uh, we can take a listen to the resident rep for uh, the IMF, Dr. Leandro Medina, uh, who is confident that an effective implementation of the policy can achieve this. This program is very strong on really the objectives and the policies and reforms that are needed. So again, if implemented as planned, this program will really help us not only dealing with the crisis, but get out of the crisis and really lay the foundation, which is exactly what you are talking about, right? Doing the transformation so then you can have a, a, a more sustainable and, and, and a long-lasting inclusive growth. You know, ensuring a social protection is a key aspect of uh, the uh, program. Eh? Let me be clear. In times of crisis, it's not uncommon that the expenditure as a whole uh, is reviewed and the different uh, initiatives are, are being reviewed to make them a more uh, cost-efficient. Uh, so uh, this is what is going into that. How that is going to come on board to so- the uh, extended credit facility, as I mentioned, is a is a is a program to to, to, to support uh, financially support uh, the needs of, of countries in, 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 in difficulty. And one very important dimension of this type of program is the role the role uh, as uh, the catalytic role in securing uh, you know foreign aid and, and, and foreign financing. Uh, in this in this uh, sense. The role of donors, of you know, development partners and other multilaterals is, is, is very key. And we really expect them to come uh, on board. And there are some of them that are already working on, on, on the different initiatives that they have. The external creditors negotiations and all the rest. I mean, some are saying that it remains very critical to the success of this program and even passing some of the program reviews. As I said before, this is a, a comprehensive a debt operation that includes different types of creditors, right? It includes the domestic debt, it includes the external uh, bilateral, and it includes the external uh, commercial. Uh, what I can say, the uh, domestic front has been largely uh, concluded. Uh, the uh, external front, which is, I think, what you, what you refer to, it has two components, right? The bilateral and the uh, commercial. On the bilateral front, we have received uh, assurances in the context of the G20 Common Framework, right? The Official Creditor Committee was formed and uh, co-chaired by uh, China and France have provided the assurances. So that is, is very promising. Uh, on the uh, commercial front, the authorities are uh, discussing with their creditors and also uh, the progress is being made and we expect also, uh, you know, And that's the uh, position of the resident rep for the IMF, Dr. Leandro Medina, speaking uh, to my colleague, George Wefe. Of course, a lot more in that interview for you later on the Joy News channel uh, on PM Express. But it's time now to bring in coordinator of the Ted World Network, Dr. Yao Graham, and uh, also the director for the Center for Asian Studies, uh, Dr. Lloyd Amma, who are all joining us in this conversation. I thank you, gentlemen, for your time here on Top Story. Uh, Dr. Graham, the, the 
problem that many third world countries uh, have been facing uh, the issue about the Chinese debt trap as the as the Western world would term this uh, but it's becoming a reality in our case how should we be treading cautiously in this in these trying times well first of all we I mean we need to define what exactly we are calling the Chinese debt trap because it's a term that we can throw around very uh, easily. So I want to say the Chinese debt trap, what precisely are we talking about? Uh, but then you, you find a situation where our lifeline mineral resources, uh, for instance, cocoa, bauxite, uh, oil, all being collateralized uh, out of this uh, arrangement that we're having. If the debt restructuring does not go at the creditor committee level, because we're not setting right now what China will commit to, that will mean that all of these resources will be gone. No, I think that's a completely alarmist alarmist and misrepresentation of reality. I've read the way in which the except in the IMF document has been lifted, you know, and elaborated. First of all, let's agree that China is the single biggest bilateral creditor. So China is an important creditor. So its commitment to the bilateral group to negotiate with Ghana, I think, is an important development. However, the issue of what would happen or not happen to our debt. The largest group of creditors with whom we have not even begun to have any conversation yet are the private international creditors who also, even if things are not collateralized, have a claim if we default. You know, there was an incident some years ago when a voucher fund which had bought Argentinian debt on the open market and seized an Argentinian boat from Tama Harbor. It wasn't collateralized, but they had a judgment that they came and enforced. So you so the, the thing about things being seized, they are steps in it. But I think that the thing about collateralizing before you even get to assets being seized, there are so many sources from which the Ghana government can take steps to pay debts which are owed. So I think in, in discussing these things for the public, we should also take some responsibility to do some education. Mm, and that's exactly what we've which done. Arise yeah. from owing to the steps to the steps. Mm. So to jump to this conclusion, because all the creditors could seize Ghanaian assets. Yes, and and. And, and that's why we're, we're raising the possibility of China doing that. In fact, the IMF document points to that. I, I just want my colleague uh, Isaac Ophiaji to, to read out. Uh, if, you, if you would indulge, if you, if you would China, indulge no, no, no. me, Doc, uh, let, let's yeah. read out what the document says about this particular yeah, situation. The, in which we find the, ourselves. the loans we are talking about are not collateralized against assets. They are collateralized against commodity production, revenue streams, cocoa, bauxite, oil and even sales from electricity. Yes. And that's what the document is telling us. But the stream, the income stream, the income stream is a source of revenue which they want to guarantee that will be paid. So when you move from there to say they will seize the assets, we are misrepresenting the terms of the thing. We've never said the assets will be seized, but if you do have a collateral, uh, the IMF mm. document is possibly pointing so out to IMF, what, what may, may happen. The thing is about revenue stream. Yes. So what is the problem that we are talking about here? Uh, do, do, I don't understand the problem. Uh, doctor, 
Dr. Lloyd Amoy is also joining us. Uh, he's with the he's the director for the Center for Asian Studies. Uh, not necessarily having the ability as of now to to seize or perhaps take over these assets. Uh, but from your perspective, looking at what we have said and what the IMF is raising about committing these resources in 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 a form of a uh, a debt arrangement, that could be detrimental to the country. You agree? Um, of course, I, I get the angles that, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Graham is presenting in terms of the nitty-gritty, the legal questions, how it is that if China decides on our default to, to you know, take control of these uh, collateralized assets you are talking about, that there will be steps. But beyond the, the finesse of all of that, and, and, and of course, the, the serpentine reality the fact remains, to be brutally frank, that, that when we, we play, these resources would, would, would be taken control over by the Chinese. In fact, the, the data that I have, I mean, uh, from, from very, very credible sources in terms of similar realities with other countries. In fact, the issue of Laos has come up very recently uh, regarding the dangers uh, um, in, in terms of their engagement with China, they are building this interesting uh, road uh, under the BRI. And, and, and the analysis shows the, the danger in there. Uh, in case that the processes do not uh, go through uh, in terms of what is envisioned for the project, the loans that have been taken, uh, obviously Laos is going to face problems. We've seen this with Sri Lanka, the port. Uh, and all of that. We've seen that with, with the Zambian case, you know. So um, when we come to the case, we face an obvious uh, potential uh, of, of, of losing these resources. Of course, in the discourse, it's important to more or less provide, a, you know, a nuanced view uh, of, of how this will come about beyond an alarmist kind of, 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 of presentation of the reality, but the truth remains that that we owe, uh, and we are trying to deal with with with, with this uh, debt on our necks. And the Chinese angle, you know, because of all the loans that we took between 2007 and 2018 to finance uh, uh, infrastructure projects, and the ways in which these loans were more or less fashioned out. There's a sense in which given the pressure of, of the debt we face and, and all of that, that if, if we don't hold our side of the bargain, then, then we face the real uh, uh, possibility of, of China calling in this collateral. You know, so I, I, will, be, I will be blunt with the, with the fact. Mm. Uh, uh, and, and say it as it is. To, to and, in, sure. and in fact, here at Joy News, what, what we've been attempting to do is to look, take it by a Kesri uh, analysis, mm. looking at what's been happening uh, to each loan that we've contracted. And Isaac Kofiage is with us. Uh, the, the repository tells us the yeah. picture, yeah. how stark it is in terms of what we've done and what we've committed. Uh, let's, let's get to some examples then uh, and, and let's put that to mm. uh, the gentleman we have on, on the so, telephone. So, so let's start from 2007 when we took uh, $306 million from China to build the Bui Power Hydropower Project, uh, a 400 megawatt power project. We used cocoa exports as the collateral. And then in 2012 when we took Let's go to 2009, for instance. 
uh, there was a technical cooperation and then also the, in 2012 as well we took uh, 75 million from china for the same we power project okay. we used cocoa as collateral in 2012 again we power 76 cocoa was used as collateral and then also in 2013 we took 850 million from china to do western corridor gas infrastructure projects oil exports were used as collateral yeah. 2013 again we took 115 million US dollars for integrated national security communication. Um, oil exports uh, was used as collateral. And in 2019, very recent, we took 186 million US dollars for the construction of 11 coastal fishing mm. landing sites. Oil revenue again as security. And also the last one in 2019, where we used bauxite mm. as collateral. And, and so, Dr. Yao Graham, you see the trend of, of how no, no, we've no. been dealing yeah, no, with I, China I over the years. Actually, the point I was, I was going to make a secondary point, that the flow, I mean, the, the kind of what you call a resource for infrastructure has been a feature of Chinese lending. That's a fact. What I was actually coming to is that in the framework of where we are now, I think it's progress that the Chinese have submitted to being part of a group of creditors. And I think we need to pay some attention to this. Because part of the reason why the Chinese are tended to be an outlier is that there's no multilateral debt resolution mechanism. And the Paris Club, historically, was the only was a group of Western countries. So with China now having become a big lender to developing countries, it is quite significant that they've agreed to be part of this submitted to a framework where they have to be like others in going forward. But coming back home, I think the lesson to take from this, okay, is our own governance. The list that you have read, how could any responsible government pile up commitments to securitize borrowing for security infrastructure with our export earnings. A dam, it's a productive asset, which you can argue that we generate a revenue stream and so on. So in discussing the threat or otherwise arising from collateralization, I think the more important lesson we should be discussing as Ghanaians is the absolute lack of accountability for the terms that our governments borrow on, the uses which they put the money, the results that they do not show, and the complicities of our parliament in allowing these things to happen. So in, in this moment when citizens' savings have been seized by the government, because the treatment of citizens' creditors to the government is completely discriminatory compared to its readiness to negotiate with foreign creditors. Pensioners are marching up and down because their assets, their, invest, their savings have been seized. I think the, 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 the responsibility for this situation, we should discuss in terms of the domestic accountability, which the consequence of which we are focusing on. Indeed. So rather than focusing on the consequence, I think we should be learning lessons. Because I was speaking to your, your person earlier, I said every major power in this world is doing a deal with China. The Russians are discussing a new pipeline. I'm sure they will take care of their interests. The Europeans buy 99% of their solar uh, power investment 
equipment from the Chinese. They are taking steps to protect themselves. So when we come here and talk about the threat China poses to us, we should be asking who in this country put the country's head in the mouth of the Chinese dragon and discuss future lessons to avoid a repetition of the impunity, the abuse of power, the corruption, and the waste, and the lack of accountability, which is responsible for this. And this is an exercise that you in academia will continue to do. Let me give the final words to um, the director at the Center for Asian Studies, Dr. Lloyd Amor, uh, the way forward and how we could possibly avert this. For now, we've not been able to get an exact commitment from the Chinese government. Uh, would you want our government to bring to bear uh, diplomacy, engage China some more, so we're certain that these loans would not set upon us? Well, I mean, for sure. I mean, uh, the news that came out uh, indicated that the Chinese obviously were interested in talking. They had joined the committee. But we still do not have the details in terms of what the Chinese are bringing to the table. Um, and so we need to be clear about, about that. But obviously, there are broader questions uh, regarding the way we've been running our policy, the way in which we've been handling uh, 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 the economy and, and all of that. And this debt obviously has imposed, you know, extreme hardships on, on the masses of our people and on all of us. Um, inflation, for example, has gone, you know, through the roof 50% now, about 40. Standard of living is falling. The cost of living is, is going up. And so these, these are big questions that, that, that need to, to be looked at. This system of governance we are running, the, those who run the country, the political, uh, you know, uh, elite, the bureaucracy, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all of us, in, in a sense, who have responsibility. The question remains whether um, we have executed the, 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 the trust that was reposed in, in, or that has been reposed in, 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 in those who have responsibility. And it seems as if it's not the case. And I think that the IMF too, I mean, when you look at, at, at the press release, it's as if it's repeating the same issues that were raised in 1983 in, in a way that is almost laughable. I mean, there's something about the tools of, of, of running our economy that we are not even addressing at the fundamental level. And so long as we don't do that and we keep papering over these key fundamental questions, uh, I think that we might yet be coming back to the same issues mm. 20 years from now. And, and I think that is the pain and the anguish that mm. one, 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 one more or less is forced to, to, to feel when, when these things come up. Yes. Uh, it's instructive that we're having this conversation on the African day uh, where forebears wish that at this point we should be moving towards self-reliance. But unfortunately, that's not the trajectory. I'm grateful to the director at the Center for Asian Studies, Dr. Lloyd Amwan, and also to you, Dr. Yao Graham of the Third World Network, for sharing your thoughts with us. That's it for Top Story. I am Blessed Suga. Newsnight comes up shortly. Ever visited a shop, picked a whole basket of provisions? If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match 
match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.